0: Guys, welcome to the episode of Rajkotet Show, best uh, podcast in Dubai, especially if you like listening to podcasters who like to wear caps backwards. Today, we are talking to our dear friend Ritesh Shah, who, if you know us from London days, you'll know that Vic and I were DJing for quite some time, and Ritesh was a huge accelerant of that. He has a party concept there called Flashback. Yesterday, June 9th, it turned 20 years old, so we started it in 2001, and tomorrow, Ritesh himself turns 50, so a really incredible episode we're recording in this in the morning and my energy is in such a good space after speaking to him it was a a phenomenal chat and we covered a lot of ground and especially because what you're going to hear is very raw very authentic because we just actually haven't spoken to each other and i think after covid you just want to sometimes let people know how much you appreciate them
1: yeah Ritish is a dear friend helped us a lot i mean we get into a lot of things like how he's been djing for for 30 years you know flashbacks been around for 20 years You know, how has he kept it going? How has he kept the real essence of Flashback going through that time? We also talk about, you know, the charity work that Flashback has done and he's done and all the money that he's raised and the kind of good that those
0: events have actually done for for people around the world. For those of you who follow me, you have to understand that there's certain people that have come into my life that have made a significant impact and have done so from a very pure, consistent place and has allowed for me to have really meaningful relationships over quite some time, one, two decades and, uh, this is one of those dudes. So I'm really happy to introduce him to you through a conversation between himself, myself and Vic. Enjoy the show. Let's get into it. Welcome.
2: Thanks for having me on. Like I'm really chuffed actually. So really appreciate this. I never thought about doing anything like this. So it's really nice.
0: Ritesh Shah, founder of flashback, which is an events concept an old school R&B events concept that's lasted 20 years. You can talk more about that and. What's great about the timing of today is that the 20th anniversary of Flashback was yesterday and your 50th birthday is tomorrow. And if there's one thing that I'm really obsessed with is longevity and being in the game a long time. So it's so nice to have you on the show, man. And I think whilst we do have other interviews recorded with other people, because your birthday is in a few moments, we're going to try and make sure that this is ready so you can drop it on your birthday. How are you doing, man?
2: Oh, well, I don't know. I find it really strange. We're even talking about something like a 50th and 50 sounds so old i'm really not looking forward to doing this thing tomorrow and hitting that number right i want today to be like the longest day because mm. it's just so weird i thought i guess maybe you felt the same when you hit your 40th right it's just how has it got to 40 i felt the same when well, obviously we had that ridiculous party for my 40th <laughs> yeah. yeah it was that was like yesterday. Surely, like, how have we gone 10 years on from that? So I'd want to do another party, right? I'd still want to do a big thing, get everyone to come out and just enjoy the night. And I can't. So it's really strange, really, really strange. Surely I get another year to, to wait for my 50th.
0: Where does flashback hitting 20 years factor into that feeling?
2: Um, I'm trying to more, so I kind of concentrate more on that than my 50th. So, yeah. you know, on, on stuff we sent out for doing a virtual night on the 25th uh, to celebrate 20 years of flashback. I'm not doing anything about the fact that that means I'm also 50. Well, actually, funny enough, when we started flashback, obviously that coincided with my 30th. Mm. Yeah. but I didn't mention that at all on the night. It was just about flashback. And I'd like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I see it just about flashback, really. Yeah, uh, My birthday's just incidental.
0: What was the nucleus then? What Take us back to 2001, and you want to launch a party that brings people together that, generally have a, a love for 80s and 90s r&b soul swing hip-hop and funk right
2: yeah exactly so actually i mean the concept came about probably about a year or so before then so in croydon i mean obviously gr- growing up through you know university and through your first few years of working the whole kind of ethic was that on a friday night and a saturday night everyone goes to town everyone meets up we all go to the same clubs and then we all get together in those clubs, mm. obviously listen to some great music um, and socialize that way. And then I felt like everyone had become kind of more local in what they were doing. So we, in, in the South, um, we used to go to a place called Powell's, again, fairly religiously on a Friday, Saturday, sometimes even Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And a friend of mine that you, you know, is so Artie, she used to run that club uh, in Croydon. And therefore, we were just like, yeah, no problems getting in. And the whole place it was like 1,500 to 2,000 people capacity. It was massive. Wow. One massive dance floor all downstairs, but they all just played more or less garage. Was garage that whole, that whole time around sort of late 90s, early 2000, garage was a massive thing in, the, in London in particular. And literally, Croydon was just a hub of garage. So everyone was listening to Gary's downstairs. But for me, I was still stuck in the 80s and then early 90s. So it was all soul and R&B. And I had one room upstairs which played soul and R&B. So every night that we were there, um, we just listened to some amazing music. And then just think, oh, hold on, why, why don't we hear this music? And why don't we go somewhere where we can hear this music in the way we used to hear it? Not that long ago, right? I'm talking maybe five years ago, as opposed to you know where we are now, which is 30 plus years. Or 30-ish years, 20, 25 years maybe. Uh, and that's kind of where it was born from many a drunken night at Pals in the sole room upstairs. When we thought, as a group, considering uh, half of us are here, half of us North London, all over London, really London-centric. We just don't meet up as much as we used to. So I just thought, in those rooms, with whoever was in those rooms, we should do something. Which gets everyone back together in town, so all different parts of London, like we used to do when we were at uni and, and first few years of work and listen to great music with great people, or as I say, real music, real people, and try and celebrate that in in some sort of way with some, you know, uh, joint goals. And that's kind of where it was born out. Um, coincided that it was my 30th, as I said, on the night, I didn't mention the fact that I was going to be 30. I just wanted everyone to get together. And that first event, um, again, sold out in like no time because no one had been out for so long as a as a, something in central London where everyone can go to. Um, so that's kind of where it was born. And then, uh, and then we just thought, well, you know, let's make it something really positive. So not only will we have great music and great people, but why don't we just do it so it raises money for charity? So from the offset, charity angle was there. Um, and and it coincided with some really horrific stuff happening globally. So there was the Gujarati earthquake uh, that happened around 2001. So the first one we raised all the money went to that. Um, I think the second one or the third one was there was a similar issue in Pakistan. There was one in Nepal, and then we looked at local charities, as well, homeless charities, crisis, and that's kind of how it how it came about. Let's help people, and let's all have a really good time too.
0: September 11th happened as well, which took some of the energy out of the music scene as well. I remember that neo terrorism, right, like the updated version of terrorism that came post the Twin Towers going down.
2: That's a really good point. Yeah, that was what just a few months. Uh that was a few months after we we mm. did our first event. Yeah. So there was that whole feeling of just that was the real feeling for terrorism, wasn't it? That's kind of when it started where you thought, oh God, wow, not everyone's on the same page anymore.
1: Mm. were you a DJ at the time?
2: Oh wow. So yeah, DJing I started um in '90, oh. um, at university because again, we 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 formed an Asian society, but didn't look like they were doing much on in terms of parties, uh, you know, it was just other things. So we thought, well, hold on a minute, I love music. And I had a couple of guys that were DJing and they just sort of taught me. Obviously, this is on vinyl and they, they taught me and I, I seemed to pick it up really quick. Um, So just we just thought, well, let's do a night and we'll just get everyone else to DJ and we'll, we'll all DJ for a bit. And that's kind of how that started at university. Tells you how old it's been and how long it's been since I went to university,
0: I guess. <laughs> yeah, what's interesting about that, two things really stand out to me about what you said. One is that when you started that concept in 2001, the concept of doing a flashback night was only winding back five years. Mm. Like we were in peak 50 cent jar rule era and you were only nudging back one or two milestones to like the the Mary and the 112 era. So that's interesting. And secondly as well, I think what a lot of people don't get to benefit from right now is how innocent and how organic those ideas come together. So my experience in the late 90s was very similar. DJs used to give me mixtapes and I'd play them in the car. I was one of the only dudes that had a car and I'd be listening to like people's mixtapes and to the point whereby the DJ would be like, have you listened to my mixtape? Have you listened to it? Yeah, yeah. Can we please do a party? Can we please do a party? And it was so, it came from such a, honest place it wasn't like i want to be a dj i've seen them on instagram djs to a certain extent djs weren't even really rock stars when we came up we were we were just functional guys
2: yeah that's exactly why it's it's really strange to hear that whole kind of rock star phenomenon that came over because for us it was just we're just playing the music for you guys to party and for us to party i suppose so it's a really strange thing to think about DJs being a, being superstars as they are. now. Well, sure.
1: they're, kind of, they're kind of micro superstars in a way, right? Because even if you think about it, like if you're just a, a attendee of an event, right? If you know the DJ, like you mentioned, you knew the person that owned oh, the yeah. club. True. But if you knew True. the DJ, there was something special because that DJ was someone that's somewhat put on a pedestal, but it's a micro rock star. It's just in that kind of, in that club or in that environment. And a few obviously broke out, but yeah, definitely not what it is now and today, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point because uh, you, you do have uh, people that are saying, oh, look, I'll tell you what, if I bring in your records, the whole roadie concept, mm. you know, but, uh, mm. yeah, could we get in the club as well? It was uh, a yeah, micro superstar.
0: Tell me about the first five years. I'm always interested to see when you launch an events concept, what the initial momentum's like, because sometimes that can dictate whether you carry on or if it starts off really, really good, it can give you delusions of grandeur to carry on forever. So, describe what yeah. it was like um, as word spread and the community built.
2: So, I mean, maybe I would do first like a bit of a shout out to say that the original um, huh. members that came up with the concept with me. So, obviously, Hina, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Mrs. Flashback, if you like, uh, she, she came up with the whole idea with us. And then there was um, Mittal, Shuttle, Akshay, Jit, and Raj, They're all very South and South London focus. And those first few years, the, the momentum was just there. It just felt like because we weren't doing a gig every week, every month, we were just doing them twice a year, it felt like it was a bit like the same as now, I guess. Something that people kind of look forward to, that oh, there's a flashback coming up in three months. So let's make sure that we're available for that night. And it was a it was just a big get-together for everyone, where I mean, not only did people meet other people that they knew and hadn't seen for a long time. But off the back of it, I think we've had about 13 or 14 marriages. There's actually possibly one on the way, fingers crossed, maybe two. So people Mm -hmm. literally have met there and then they've got married because they've got on. And I think because the group of people are all just good people. We're all good people. That's why we all get on. And that's why the night works. We probably met, as you said, 2005, 2006, at that charity event at the hidden Jewel, mm-hmm. um that we 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 kind of bumped into each other and we we're both obviously on the on the set for that night kind of remember what chariot was to be honest um it was my boy Curren.
1: his
0: yeah this guy Curren gadvi who used to be a promoter for me uh when we used to do right. Soul on sundays back in 2000 and i think probably one two and three and we used to have a okay. night called sos soul on sundays and we had another night called shag which was soul hip-hop and garage yeah and the and, the A in it was an ampersand, which actually Vic's little brother Shamit came up with when I was designing right. the concept, I think, or I was working on the concept at, at Vic's house one day.
2: And I think I, I came in through Jitesh, who was with Curran, right? Yes, That's right. Correct,
0: yeah. They were collabing on this charity night, and I guess he yeah. brought you in, Curran brought us in, and then you were there on the set. And it, what I like about, again, it happens so rarely now because of, Everyone's so busy, and people don't have time to like chop it up because they're looking at their phones. But our connection was pretty much instant. Mm-hmm. We kind of vibed
2: with each it, other. Yeah, it felt so good. You knew, you knew this was going to go somewhere.
1: Mm. But I tell, I tell you what stood out for me, and there's something that I, I remember this really, really specifically about that night, is that we we came in and the party was already rocking, and like you were playing, and we said hello to everyone, and da da da. But I was actually quite early to DJing at that time. You know, I'd only been doing it for maybe. I don't know, like less than a year if that, right? Mm. So, you know, I was still always kind of like, right, I need to get into a vibe. I need to get to the right headspace. Now I can just rock up and just do what I do. But but back then I was like, okay. And I always remember this. I stood on the side of the DJ booth and just watched you play. I mean, what you did was amazing, but you had this like really cool, calm, relaxed way about you, but you still pulled it off and you just got me into the right headspace to to DJ. And, and I always, always remember that. It's like, and, and, and I take that with me with every set. I just got to kind of think, right, where's my head? Where's my head? Where's my head? And you got me into that headspace, and that always stood out for me that night. I like really stood out.
2: Oh, bless you, Vic. Uh, I don't know. That. I think for me, because I just love music so much. I, mm. yeah, I, I got into trouble with Hina actually because uh, for junior 11, as you know, I was like, yeah, no, we'll, we'll just do a, a night. Like, we'll just DJ. We'll start early and we'll just go through the night. And she's like what about your family? Like, don't you want to do anything for your family for your 50th? And even then, I didn't think about it. I was like, but no, I just want to DJ. That's all I really want to do. Mm. Uh, and then even Rav was like, dude, it's your, it's your birthday. Do you really want to do this now? So mm. hold on. If everyone's telling me this, then maybe I should think about that. I'll do it another time. But I think once once I'm just there and the music's playing, you know, I can't even stop dancing. I just feel like a bit of an idiot when I look at myself thinking, oh God, you're dancing all night. You're playing all night. You're chatting all night. I just, I just, it's just the music. It's just the music that just takes me throughout this whole time as well. It's been music. That's been my salvation. If I feel down, I'll just go and mix and put a set together and stick it out on Mixcloud.
0: On the other side of that though, Ritesh, one thing I've been itching to ask is yes, there's the music, Yeah. but there's something special then taking that to a place where you actually want to organize events. And so I'm sure it's the other side of the same coin, but I'm asking this selfishly because I have this issue myself. What is it about bringing people together and building communities and connections and even networking? What is it about that that appeals to you? Why do you do it?
2: Um, We're all people, 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 persons. We love people. I mean, look at your networking. I mean, your networking, both of you, is just incredible how you manage to engage people just off of anything almost, right? You know, you're, you're able to just pull a, pull a crowd in and get them engaged on whatever topics, whatever subject, be it music, maybe it started with music and that whole feeling, but you've taken it to the next level. And that's because I think naturally that's what we, we do, get people together. So I, I just thought if you think that there's a common goal in it as well, and that common goal was music, people, and then obviously the charity side, then it seems to just people just normally gravitate towards that. I feel maybe the key being music, maybe. And the fact that what we try and do and what we still do, right, you know, the music hasn't really changed much. We might have gone to the early two thousand, but we still very much flashback and we won't change that for those nights. So that takes you straight away back to that time when you're at uni or your college or early years of working, when everything was great. There was no responsibility. You just wanted to go out, enjoy your time. Um, Even when people get married, all this kind of stuff, all that music is just the, Uh, kind of a a story or a a backdrop to their lives that they might look through through rose-tinted glasses and I think that's what it is it just makes you remember those times and I feel music seems to cling to your life story a lot more than other things maybe even politics and and other external factors but I think music will straight away take you back to what you were doing at that point and uh, that's the key for me that's why people are still engaged.
0: Is there anything about being in a room with two, 300 people that are there because of an idea that you had? Is this, when you're in that room, do you, do you feel anything or you just feel like that's just part of the process?
2: If you, if you get a chance to, to sort of stop and think and you never do at these parties because you're either DJing or you're talking to people and you're engaging, you know, I think maybe when the night's done and you get home and you feel really happy, then you can think, hold on, we, we, we build something. Yeah, and it's something that's definitely got longevity. It's longer than, you know, it's been running longer than history, kind of thing. I think, you know, we've never commercialized it, right? It's always just been really quite a pure thing. And so I think maybe, yeah, when when you get home and you think about it and you're like, okay, we've raised a lot of money for charity over the years, we've helped people. We've probably saved lives. You guys, everyone that's turned up has helped save someone's life in some way or form, some shape or form. So, yeah, definitely take loads of positives out of that. And the fact that we have everyone still supporting the night, still talking about the night. I think that, that virtual flashback we did last year when we had to cancel the actual night because of COVID, mm. I think we had like, I don't know, four, or 5,000 different views on it, which wow. is just, I could not believe it. For, for someone, for, for, I guess for us, which we, you know, we're pretty small, right? Compared to other more commercial events, to get that number of views, it just showed how much love there is for the music, I guess, and what we were trying to do. So yeah, I still don't forget that buzz, but I, I guess I only think about it when the event's done, the night's done, and, and looking back.
1: Do you think that emotional feeling towards the music and, and the actual night has remained what it is because it's only twice a year?
2: You're totally right. You've literally hit the nail on the head. It's because we ha- haven't rinsed the event, as they might say. Yeah. We've left this two or three times so that that's just something people look forward to meeting up with everyone. Mm-hmm. I think if we did it month- monthly, maybe, I don't know, if we did it monthly, maybe we'd get a load more people coming, But just, I guess it's also the time and effort involved and everyone's so busy to get it to, to happen monthly would have been quite, quite a task. And I felt, I always had the panic that it would die a death because we're doing it too much and too often.
0: When COVID hit and there was a, a lockdown and the lockdown in the UK has been a lot longer and a lot more pronounced than it has been here in Dubai. Was there any point where you feel like maybe one of your superpowers was taken away? I know when I was locked down I was like, my friends, your friends is not gonna happen anytime soon. And then when you think about the recovery, it's not gonna be like on a Thursday, they'll say it's okay and people will get back together. You've then also got social fear and social anxiety and skepticism. Like this has really spoken to the core of people. Like we, as people do love being together, human beings in general love gathering in large crowds. And to the question I asked you as well, like for me, my sh- dopamine hits much more short term. I feel it when I'm in the venue. So when I'm in the venue with 500 people, I'm like, I it doesn't hit me afterwards. It's more so like afterwards, I've already moved on to the next event. But at the time, I think it's coded in us as human beings, right, there are certain people that are tribal leaders and community leaders and their job is to gather people together and there are other people that fly solo. But when everything did lock down, did you feel like one of your powers was missing? I felt like Superman without a cape. I was like, I need to really go back to the drawing board.
2: I actually felt like I was sitting with a load of kryptonite because that yeah. had been taken away and it's something I love so much I look forward to I'm act still gutted about it. it's like probably the biggest thing for me is not to be able to go out and gig and DJ and, and do flashback you know even aside from flashback you know I, I've, I've limited myself to DJing just twice a month uh, see so, you know, I need to obviously spend time with family so I've, I've just said yeah twice a month I'll do something you know private gigs whatever just to keep myself in doing what I love and all that's been taken away
0: how low was that low then when, when you realize like, hang on a second, like how bad did it make you feel or what did you, did you counterbalance it with anything else? Like exercise, Netflix, binging, like how did you balance that in your head?
2: I think the only way I could, we could do it is by running like Twitch sessions and in dropping cloud mixes, that kind of thing. So, you know, I would just occasionally at night, if I'm not able to sleep, I'll just go downstairs and, and put a mix together. Mm. Um and that's the only way I could counter it because I had to do it still because it, it just takes me, it lets me escape from real life, but I couldn't do it physically. So I'm still in that low, really, but it's just over time, it's kind of you know dulled a little bit. Mm. Um, I still can't wait to get out to be able to do an event, but it's got to be safe. And you're right. Anxiety is there. I, I I feel anxious myself. So I don't know how anyone else is going to feel when we do to decide to put an event. How, how many people will come? I don't know. And um, that's definitely... Uh, Something that's uh, almost a physical um, anxi- anxiety as well as a mental one.
1: Can I ask you a question about the, the story? I think I know it, but I can't remember it. It's it's about Rav.
2: Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I'm literally thinking, when do I when can I put in Rav? Well, so,
1: the short question is, how and when did he join? Um, and then you just take it wherever you want from there, I guess.
2: So, Rav was.
0: Wait, let, let's just jump back real quick. Sorry, so, for, of course, for yeah. anybody who doesn't know. Flashback is a DJ duo like myself and Vic and Ritz duo partner is a guy called DJ Rav. So the story is when did he come around and I'd also like to know if you can add on there like what it felt for you like going mm. from a solo DJ to a duo because I went through that. But yeah, tell us tell us the Rav story. Now
2: Rav, wow, what, what a find. Um, this guy is an absolute genius as you know mm. um, and it was actually quite... Coincidental, it was literally from from Facebook. uh, A friend of Hina's um, was just actually shared one of Rav's um, uh, groups. And I was like, oh, wow, this group's wicked. It's all about flashback, really. Where did she find this guy? So I asked her and and she actually just found him on Facebook. And back then he already had like a maximum set of followers that he couldn't add any more onto the group. I was like, wow, who is this guy? So I then contacted him saying, look, you know, I, this is amazing, you're playing all the music, obviously thinking he's, he has to be my because he knows this music inside out. You know, he's playing everything. He's, he's actually playing some jams I haven't even heard of. I? So that I had to contact him. So I just contacted him on Facebook, said, so look, you know, we're doing this thing called Flashback, charity focused event. It's only old school. It's literally playing what you're playing and what you're doing here right now. And that's when, thank God, he said, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll come and DJ for you. Let's see how it goes. 2007 i think it is mustard bar mm. and yeah mustard Bar in the, in the city of london and that's when we ran our first night then and, and rav was there and oh my god thank god for rap he not only elevated myself in terms of technical ability the guy is so technically spot on with his mm. mixes mm. you can't have a beat clash on your own sets because you're like mm. well i've got to make sure i'm trying to keep up with this guy so therefore you know a lot more revision, a lot more uh, practice just to try and keep up with him. Um, but obviously, not just on the music front. If you look at his video editing, his promotional material, flyers, guy is next level. So he, he re-energized the brand, to be perfectly honest. He brought in not only uh, a new level of focus on the technical ability, beat uh, matching and mixing, et cetera, but also just in terms of another crowd, a younger crowd. When, I, when, I, when he told me how, how young he was, I was like, this cannot be. Like, you are an old head on young shoulders. Mm-hmm. How old is he now? He's not even 40. He's going to be 40 next year.
0: Leave it. God damn. So he's yeah. 38. So there's, there's a 12-year gap between you, which means that he's yeah, probably exactly. like an 81, 82 baby. Hmm. Yeah. But I think the thing about him is he does have that nerdy technical obsessiveness, right like he mm-hmm. really he really breaks everything down to the nuts and bolts and uh, And when it came to flashback, I'll tell you I want to just like double down on what you said. like I remember when he first started coming around because we were hanging out you and I before Rav came around. I, I might have even been there for Rav's debut gig yeah, and, yeah you were uh, we were yeah, yeah and it was wild and he was such a good dude and it might have not been the first flashback event that he performed at. but as flashback moved forward and you guys clearly fused and became a duo. I remember all the time I used to say to Vic, I was like, this is the only dude that I need to compete with. Mm. Like, if I'm going to be on the set with Rav, I need to really, really, really come with it. And I think that's the reason why, although beat matching and all that got no issues whatsoever, but I had to find that extra edge, right? The mic work or the the cuts or the drops or just something. And I think, and then you go into a very dangerous territory. Like, it's like almost like with MMA, if you start playing Rav's game against Rav, he's gonna drag you into the layer with him. So when you start talking about garage music, which is generally higher tempo, 128 BPM, 130 BPM, although it's moving faster, there's actually a lot more flexibility with the way you can transition those records with dropping out certain beats or it's almost like when you're trying to wrestle with an alligator and it just drags you into the water. It's like, yo, I better be careful not to go where the alligator is because (laughs) as we we start moving up these BPMs, he's actually going to get more technical and you you think that the more complicated the music is, the more opportunity you've got to do something, but no, you don't want to do that. You want to go the other way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For for me, it was...
1: yeah, it, like his skill level is 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 one of the best that I've seen. Now, my 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 view on that and I agree I agree with what Raj was saying. You know, he's the guy that to beat, you know, like when you kind of think about it specifically, my approach is always I need to find a record that would surprise him. I yes. want I want him to come to me after yeah, like we would come and do, you know, what, an hour hip hop set or whatever. And uh <laughs> I want him to come up to me at the end and go, Can't believe you played that record or that mix or you know, I've not had and it, it never happened that I, I played something he never heard, but, you know, yep. just just something that just took him by surprise a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Like uh, When he says something to me like, oh, my God, that was a really good mix, I'm like, oh, my God, it must have been a really good mix <laughs> if <he> Graham <laughs> said that. So, yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, are you just saying that because you know how good you are? Are you placating mm. me here? But, no, that's really good to hear when he says something because, as you say, He's a geek. He's a proper geek. Mm. In in many facets of his life, he mm. is a geek, and this is on record.
0: Do you think that? And I'm not saying this is not because like Love Soul got involved, but like when I think of Flashback, obviously there's the last four or five years where I've not really been in London too much, or mm. I've popped in in and out. Yeah. And obviously pre 2005 2006, we weren't really involved. But for me, there was a peak era in Flashback, which was like 05 to 15, and that was the same peak era that was in Love Soul. And there was a time where both of our crews just synchronized and we'd be oh at each other's gigs. Like your flagship gig yeah. was obviously flashback. My, our flagship gig was like the Rajkatecha birthday party, or, our, you know, or then, mm-hmm. then we'd have New Year's, which yeah. were just basically collabs. Like, yeah, correct do you agree that that was like the peak of the mountain in terms of like, you were just bringing in so many amazing venues and I've got to give you your props, dude, because as an events gangster myself, like you were doing events deals like St. Catherine's Dock, Mustard Bar. I mean, you really are that guy, man. Like I've got to tip my hat to you because you've got the fundamental superpowers that a real hustler in this industry needs. But what about about that 2005 to 15 era that must've been the highest numbers, the swankiest venues?
2: So yeah, I mean, first of all, must say that, the collaboration between ourselves and yourselves has been the best. There's been there's nothing been nothing like it in terms of what you guys brought and what we brought. It was like the perfect mix of how to get two crowds that kind of knew each other to party together and just yeah. as if it was one crowd. And that was yeah. doing our time together. And we've done, not done any collaborations, as many as we've, we've done with you guys. Like I said, yeah. New Year's Eve, which wasn't technically flashback because we played kind of everything. Uh, to just flashback when you drop your sets and bring your people. It's been unbelievable. And I think because we are all so the same in terms of getting people together and engagement, that's why it was perfect. There's been yeah. nothing like it. And that was that time from, yeah, 005 to 15-ish.
1: We're, we're kind of same, same, but different. Like we have yep. the same principles in terms of what we do as a party and kind of musical, musically, but also quite different in the way that we throw a party and play music between the two. The two crews
2: it's a perfect overlap like is that venn diagram that intersection
0: Hmm. proudest moment for me though was obviously like flashback was almost like a party in a box it was ready for us to go we didn't have to build it from the ground up like although to be honest building it from the ground up was never really an issue because by the time i got to london i already had like a national contact base because being in manchester which was like a hub city for students we had people from all over the world and no less certainly from Croydon and Harrow. They were all up in Manchester, like it was, oh like, it was, like, yeah. it was like it was, like it was a borough of London. But what was dope God, is that once we started putting out content, flashback content, or any collaborative content, I used to love the fact that like people would say to me, "Yo, when's the next flashback?" Mm-hmm. And you know, I brought a lot of different. I, we won't mention any names, but like I brought dudes that came out of jail to flashback, and I brought guys that were early stage <laughs> investors in Facebook. Like really diverse people that be like, I've seen the stuff that you, the videos you're posting online. They were like, next time you're out, we want to come like to flashback. And that's when I knew I was like, oh, this is the people because I already had like a massive contact base around the country. And when when people were saying like, yo, let me know so I can get the Friday off work and I'll come down to London one day early from Birmingham or Leeds, Manchester, Cardiff. I was like, yo, this is so special, man, because it means something to book a train ticket. You remember like, the earlier you book a train ticket, the more of a discount you get. And people were really out here, like planning their trips to London around Flashback. Mm.
2: You know, that's a really interesting point because we, we have people coming from overseas as well just mm. to come to a Flashback. I'm like, what are you got? I mean, I love it. Thank you. But what? Really? Uh, my guys from that I work with, uh, four five, five, or five, it six of them? That first event at, at Mustard, or was it actually, no, it might have been when it transitioned to Jaeger, they all came from Germany just to come down for the weekend to go Flashback. As oh, soon as you changed the name to Jaeger, Jaeger, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're,
1: they're like, we don't like mustard, but we love Jaeger. I'm coming over.
2: <laughs> that, but yeah, I mean, obviously, in terms of your training ground in Manchester was the perfect training ground. I mean, my, my boys, my brothers down the road from me, him, and all his crew, everyone went from Luck from here, from Croydon, and from North London to Manchester. I was like, why have you all gone to the same uni? Don't you mm. want to find new people? But no, no, we're we're happy in our clique, and and so therefore for you, that's the perfect place to have trained, to 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 hone your craft. Manchester yeah. was a spot for sure. I wish I I wish I'd
0: started three years earlier though. I'd be okay with being forty three now, if I could have just got the end of the hacienda era.
2: Oh, my God. Like, I, yes. I'd like to
0: have just, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, going from 98 to 2003 in Manchester was incredible. It was analog. It was photocopying flyers on A4 pieces of paper. Yes. And it was hustling. And it was no smartphones and stuff like that. But I think even having a mobile phone in my pocket gave me a little bit of an edge over the guys that came before me. If I yep. could have hustled 94, 95, when everybody was out, the footballers, the TV stars, the, oh. the, the whole streets, like happy house and hardcore and stew allen and all that if i could have just had a year in that game might have wiped me out to be honest because you had to be like special <laughs> you know, to work in that know. era but yeah you're right where you train and where you come up means the world i feel like when you ask somebody like "Yo, when did you start and where did you start and how that's like really asking people like show me your jail papers you know what i mean like yeah yeah, yeah. Which, which cities did which cities have you come up in because as much more difficult as it was it was also more innocent you could knock on a door with four or five girls in there and be like hey do you want to come out and you've got to give your best pitch because those girls have got seven clubs that they can go to that night and exactly. you're like, come to mine. You know what I mean? Like it was really like hand to hand combat.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you won that battle, you know, you've won, you've won it full stop. Right. That's it. Your training yeah. is done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you can, if you can make those things happen, you get the, you get the good looking guys or the good looking girls to come out. You know that the following week it's going to be a little bit busier and it's not because any other reason other than you just change the energy in the room.
2: Correct. Yeah, Absolutely. I was just saying, going back to venues, I think we've, we've tried to write a list down, but we've covered so many. Um, I think we, the first place was City Lytton, and this is 2001. And they were kind of more pubs. Um, and then we felt like the energy of, of the people wanted more. So then we made a conscious decision to go find clubs. Um, so we found the next one, the first step up, if you like, was a place called Nylon. And did you guys ever remember a place called Nylon in the city?
0: I don't think I was in London. No. I think I was in Toronto I don't even know that Nylon. Time.
2: Oh, stunning venue. Uh, Nylon, obviously, you know, New York, London. uh, They had like uh, two different floors, but so swanky. Like I've never seen anything like it. So to have got that was such a a massive coup as well. I'm not even sure how I managed to find it. And also uh, Egg, do you remember Egg in uh, Kings Cross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know how we got that, really. We got two floors there. Their minimum spend was ridiculous. Their prices were so crazy. (laughs) But we got one night in there, which was just loving it, to manage to have got that. Uh, Again, it's really strange a lot of these venues their management are just so shoddy so it was literally one night we did a great night then we we left it because nice. their management was just so questionable um and then more recently we're now in the west end which was well until lockdown hit so sway bar mm. um and uh loop which i guess everyone yeah. knows we managed to get a loop a few times foundation bar in covent garden yeah which was going to be our our go-to venue from this point onwards until the pandemic hit
1: but but you know that that's interesting because that journey is pretty special because you spoke about the city and Saturday nights and, you know, we, we definitely took advantage of that as well. But to get into the West End for a night like this, you know, there's competition there. You know, you, you're established so you can kind of go like, I've got the chops to to take those venues, you know.
2: Yeah, I think for, for me, that's that was the big, big thing for us to be able to say that we're now West End night, mm-hmm. you know, Mayfair or, or be it Covent Garden. That's, that's such a big thing. It's such a big thing to be able to say that we're, we're okay with that. You know, we'll take the risk because we know that people want to do this.
0: Did you ever feel a sense of achievement when you closed the venue? Was it like a trophy moment?
2: Oh, I, th- I think so. I mean, once we hit the West End, when we got nylon, those, there's a few moments that you're like, oh, wow, we managed to do that. That's a really good thing. I, like, yeah. for example, we were the first event to use the gherkin, you know, the Sterling Bar downstairs. Wow. Now, before before
0: it, Asian but, date, before surging then
2: yes 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 before we were the God first damn they, who knew they, they had no idea of how to run the event and i, I remember saying to them i, I promise That's you crazy. after we've yeah. done this you're going to get inquiries from loads of asian gigs to want to run their nights there and yeah two to form they did and after that they were really cheeky and i asked them again they were like no no but we've got to charge you an additional fee i'm like hold it's on i'll like, put <laughs> you on the map like can't you give me something for that that they weren't willing to budge. Uh, and then obviously we'd moved on anyway from that. You know,
1: what year so. was that?
2: Oh, God. Uh, I'd have to check a flyer, man, to find out.
1: 2000. No, so that would have been when we were around. Oh, hey. right? Were we there? Uh, can't
2: you, now. Oh, I can't remember now. I kind of remember when it was built. I mean, was it early in the tens? Or when did when did Asian Dates start no, we, did, we,
0: we, we did we did my twenty eighth birthday there in 2008 I remember. Yeah, yes. it would have been. So it, it would have been. It, it, you'd have had to have been in there way before then because we we'd already had our partner there, Sujan. Shout out to him. He had already been active there for maybe a year or north of a year. Mm, so right. that relationship was well established. So if you were there first, you would have been there before two thousand and six.
2: Wow. Okay. So yeah, that far yeah. back. So yeah, it was it was it was the first one in there. Definitely.
0: That's a, quite an achievement. Let's zoom out of business for a second. You've managed to like be with the same woman for a long time, raise two kids. You've managed to keep a banking career, a real estate career. I don't know how much I can talk about your business, but like, you know, you've got, you've managed to have five or six significant plates spinning at once. Is there a formula?
2: Uh, I've been married forever. I mean, to be honest, I, I, I still have because You guys have been like, married forever. Can <laughs> <laughs> you edit said. that bit out? I mean, I think, <laughs> I think you and myself have been together since 1990 um so that's you know it's it's a it's a really long time right
1: so she was married to a dj from the beginning like you were a dj at that point right so
2: so she was my selector originally she was my selector so she'd pull out the records i'd play them that's what i did was play them she just pulled them out so from obviously we had so much in connectivity wise again music uh, yeah i mean obviously she was absolutely stunning like it was ridiculous how beautiful she is and was um, so yeah. the fact I even was going out with her actually caused the problem in the town, Loughborough, where I was studying. I had almost, almost, you know, weekly death threats from other dudes like, hold on, how are you going out with her? But anyway, that's another story from Um, Yeah, you're right. I mean, my oldest is second year university, uh, Nottingham University. And super proud of him. My youngest, it, she's, um, I can't believe she's going to be 13 next year. And um, uh, just that I would say what I would say is time really flies and I've got a lot of regrets. I think most people have these regrets. I should have done more. I should have had more goals. Um, and I think if I was going to say anything in terms of you know what, what people should think about younger people is have some goals, have those targets, do what you're passionate about. Um, if I was to go back, I probably would have just gone down doing something music route because that's something totally we're all passionate about you guys are living the dream I feel because you're doing what you're really what you really love um, and yeah side projects and stuff I think everyone needs side projects and they've been great so far they're still continuing but I think my message would really be do what you're passionate about make that call make that take that risk take the risk to do what you really want to do and what you really love because that in itself will take you on another trajectory to really, um, achieve the goals that you, you have for yourself because you're doing what you love.
0: Have you got any life management tips though? Because obviously like you're a husband, you're a father, you're a son, like do you have any tips as to how to keep all of those plates spinning, because there's a lot of people that need things from you. Yeah. How do you kind of assign your time and your resources whilst making sure that you kind of respect everybody's agenda and make sure that everybody gets what they want and get what you want out of it. Like create, create some headspace and enjoyment for yourself.
2: I would say actually try and do less. So I think a problem I've got is that anytime I ask, someone asks me to do something, I'm like, yeah, cool, I, I can help you do that. And then when you sit back and think about it, you're like, okay, you're doing all these things like, you know, two, two uh, community positions, charity positions, uh, work, uh, music DJing, uh, obviously the family life and everything else and some sort of property related stuff I'm also doing. It's a lot. Um, so I would actually try and say to people that, Do what you can. Don't do everything. Say no to people and take some of that time back for yourself and for your family because I feel like I've definitely missed out on on the kids growing up. Um, Not so much Nyla because I've been working from home a lot. Uh, If you get the opportunity to do that, definitely do that because you get so much time. But with Jay, I felt like I missed out because I was trying to do too many things. So I would say you you really need to manage your time, but you really need to be able to say no to some things uh, to maybe do them at a later stage in your life when you do have more time. Otherwise, you'll blink and, and everything's gone and, and time's gone. You know, like, like we're talking about 50 compared to 40, it's gone so quick. But it's because I feel like you just I haven't made time for myself to maybe enjoy that, that whole 10-year uh, period. So I guess my tip would be just, just to tell people, to say no to people and just take on what you can manage to allow time for yourself as well in amongst that.
1: How much of Hing being with you from the beginning has helped? Hina. Yeah, she's basically been with you from the beginning and knows that you're a DJ, knows that you're passionate about music and obviously then, you know, raising a family with you. How much has that helped?
2: I'm so lucky to be married to Hina because she lets me do whatever I really want to do. And so she's never complained about the gigs and the fact that I'm home at, you know, five o'clock in the morning after Mm -hmm. doing a gig. Uh, She's always been so supportive and she's basically the kids up, you know uh, definitely much more than me she runs the house amazingly she manages to juggle things obviously at the moment she's not been able to with project b but otherwise she was juggling everything so I, i there's no way i could have done half the things i've done without her support she's been absolutely amazing inspiring everything everything you could want from a partner right there that's that's her and it's down to her that you know we're able to do anything to be honest
0: let's talk about tomorrow then big day 50th birthday Yes. so you were saying that you were saying at the beginning of this chat like I probably felt it at 40 I, I kind of thought ah it's not a problem it's not a problem it's not a problem and then I woke up on the morning of my 40th and I was like oh my god it's here no matter what happens no matter how busy your agenda is how many businesses you're running or brands or whatever the day that you transition a decade 20 to 30 30 to 40 that event becomes the gravity point of the day the whole day is it's you you've, you've turned 40 where's your headspace going into tomorrow and uh, and is there any any prep work you're doing mentally because firstly let's say this straight up and down whilst you've aged you've shot aged which is you probably aged about one year for everybody else's five so you're still looking you're still looking you're still looking pretty pretty slim still pretty, you're looking fantastically slim not too many wrinkles at all you're looking you're looking good out here man so how, how does it feel going into tomorrow and what what are your thoughts around hitting this big milestone
2: uh, well, thanks for those uh, comments. I think it's the whole black don't crack. I think my complexion's so dark it just doesn't crack so much. So maybe that's real. that's a bonus. Um, thank. Well, it's not mom. the case. I mean, look at me <laughs> Look
0: at me. It didn't work for me, man. <laughs> you look great.
2: I'm,
1: I'm, I'm forty-two, and I dude. Our our, our, our our visual our visual appearances have like swapped. So I look fifty. <laughs> you look forty-two,
2: <laughs> Bro, you do not look fifty. No, no, no one looks fifty, man. I, I've seen <laughs> what fifty should look like, and I, thankfully, none of us are nowhere near that. So, um, and and my mum looks so young still, it's just unbelievable. So I think probably good genes is in there too. Um, I'm dreading tomorrow, I'll be honest with you. I I, I was dreading, as you said, I dreaded the whole fact of turning 40. I really couldn't get my head around it. I I still can't get my head around the fact that I'm in my 40s. So tomorrow, I I have really no idea how I'm going to feel, other than just really upset that I've hit 50, like, I just can't understand how it is. I'm not prepared. I'm not sure what I need to do. Maybe I need to read something. I've got not a lot of time to read something, but I need to read something about how to prepare because I'm just not ready for it. Uh, I've got some friends that have turned 50 and they look amazing too. But I, I, it's great that you, we, you know, we look good and for, for our age, but we're still turning 50, right? You can't take that away mathematically. We are still taking 50, mm-hmm. turning 50, because 2021 minus 1971 is still 50. Mm. So I'm not sure to answer your question. I really don't know. I just don't feel comfortable with it at the moment. Can I give you a tip? Go, oh, Please, I'll take a tip.
0: Let me, let me give you a great tip. I spend a lot of time with young people. One thing I realize is that when you hang out with younger people, you mm. realize that, yeah, you've got the energy, yeah, you've got the youth, yeah, you've got the looks, the, the spirit, the vibrance, and even the curiosity and the naivety. But sometimes you look at them and go, you little young stupid, what do you go for them? I don't realize like what time you're wasting and what you're doing. And so sometimes you got to understand that hitting this age, it's an achievement. I mean, you look at how many DJs have come and gone, how many hobbyists, how many yeah. enthusiasts. Then you look at, let's just keep it all the way real. Let's look at all the people that got hit by cars and just didn't make it here regardless of whether they're doing what they loved. So actually, age is an accomplishment. And... I think if you take age and you mix it in a cup with a little bit of ego, and you're not an ego person, mm-hmm. I am. But if you mix it in with a little bit of an ego, you'd be like, "Yeah, motherfucker, I've got here, and I'm still shining." Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can still go till five o'clock in the morning if you want to. If the if the party's good, all of us can go. I always say, no matter what age I am, I do this like this little algebra bit, which is like, I'm 40, but I can outwork a 30-year-old, and I can outthink a 50-year-old. You know, you gotta be like, really, what is this gift that we've been given, and we're still here, motherfucker? Like. That's the issue. You know, for a lot of people, they're not.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I, I feel what you're saying. And and I think maybe this last year and a half, the amount of people we've lost and also artists we've lost, mm. Jesus Christ, it's like that party up in heaven will be one crazy party because so many people have gone, passed away. Mm. So you're right, in many ways, it's an achievement to get here at all. Yeah. I just wish it, you know, I wish I'd still had another 10 years to get 50. I feel there's a lot more we could have done. And I guess that's always the case, right? But you know you guys have still got a long time before you have to worry about this sort of stuff
0: uh, we'll you got to, get, we'll we'll to, i'm you hoping mind. i'm hoping that to, to never retire man i want to just yeah. keep going the whole the whole way through
1: what what are you going to do tomorrow like what's the plan
0: or today if you're listening to this podcast what are you doing yeah,
1: today yeah what are you doing today yeah <laughs> let's just say what are you doing um, on your 50th birthday let's, yeah, that's let's good. say
2: that uh, see actually the day, i've got day off tomorrow so i won't be working for sure um, we're having kind of a get together on you know legal limits etc on saturday so I guess we're just going to probably prep for that, go out for some food, nothing major. Because because I, I had already told Hina that I was going to DJ for my um, 50th, she cancelled our original plans, which I never knew about. And then when I relented... <laughs> you I actually... Ritesh, you might have, you might have yeah, passed yeah. up there, bro,
0: because technically 50 is the last year that she can afford to give you a surprise. After, for After 60, 60,
2: the risk is high. The old dicky Ticker...
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's some risks there man yeah. Yeah. you might have messed up the last chance to have a have a surprise birthday I'm
2: oh like Raj that makes me feel much better thanks yeah.
1: <laughs> you're not what? looking forward to the next 10 now are
0: you all future surprise birthdays have to go through an actuarial scientist and be like certified by Bupa <laughs> <laughs> it's like even like party poppers have to be pre-approved
2: <laughs> yeah you're not selling 50 to me at all yeah. yeah you're actually that's a really good point so yeah that whole surprise thing She's had to cancel. And so there's not available to book that place anymore. So yeah, I think we're going to just keep it real. Go, go, go for some pizza or something like that.
1: The Twitch is on the 25th, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: 25th, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll promote promote that. Um, Rav's working on all the stuff, promotion material for that. So we'll do that on the 25th. So hopefully you guys can, uh, you know, drop a set, figure out times between us mm-hmm. all.
0: We might actually be performing here on the 25th for my birthday. I'm just, I'm going to, of course, yeah, we've got a venue, but again, subject to COVID rules, but I mean, I just wanted to say to you, like, thanks so much, man, for all the work you've done and the way that you kind of handle yourself and, uh, for the positive influence you've had on Love Soul, there mm-hmm. is no way, no way in the world that we'd be as big as we were as big as we were and we'd be where we are right now, uh, if it wasn't for the kind of way that you accelerated how many people knew us and the parties that mm-hmm. we did and like, check this out, dude, like I really directly cite you with like.
2: Wow. Oh my God. You are living the dream. That's amazing.
0: So like, yeah, no, but, but for real, like there's a, there's a few people and you're one of those kind of key players that came along at the right time, gave us a fair shot, gave us a whole bunch of flexibility and freedom to come into your event, make it a little bit ours and then Mm -hmm. do stuff collaborations and then also support what we do and bring your energy to it. So yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a wonderful ride and it's nowhere near the end, but I just wanted to kind of express that gratitude to you ahead of your 50th birthday or actually when everyone's listening on your 50th birthday and just say yeah man like just just pick up man just much love you're a very important person and you you matter a lot to us
2: uh bless you i mean you, you guys are you guys are family you know that and it's not just the one way uh road that you guys brought all the energy to our gigs as well and, and you've elevated us as well you know you brought in the uh, the crowd and smashed up the the nights with the sets and the talk and so it's a two-way street man 100 we bought each other everything to get us to the next level You took Flashback to the next level as well you know just bringing the people and bringing that vibe because as you say what we do is the same but it's also very different mm. so it's a two-way street all the way i just wanted to see, do a quick shout out to all the other people that have helped the brand um we've got other djs that have been stepping in mj mm. mr Bizza. they'll be dropping sets hopefully on the 25th mr You, Wang and Will, I think you know, guys know those guys as yeah, well. No, they Will, yeah. sets. Mm-hmm. They've also dropped um, sets as well. And just obviously the big, the biggest shout out is to everyone that's supported because, oh my God, look at how many people have come to the events. And it's because of them that it gets, we get to continue, right? Continue doing what we're doing, raise money and, and get these nights going. So the biggest shout out goes to them for, for supporting the night. And hopefully we'll be back on real soon to do the same again.
0: And Mrs. flashback and holding it down flashback.
2: My selector, know <laughs> absolutely the, ori- the original. Selector. That, exactly the original selector. Not only that, the way she manages the night so that mm. Rab and myself could just get on with doing the night, man, it's, it's amazing. And to everyone that support as well, you know, Anisha Artie, all these guys on the door that really help. It's just the family that fun it, and then the family that comes to it.
0: Yeah, it, it, is, it is family, man. Like yeah. you look at you look at like Little Ash, the, the OG, right? And it's like we made that connection through you and. Damn, he did my mortgage, Vic's mortgage, our whole cruise mortgage. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah like he—he's he, yeah, the man. Yeah, my dad, yeah. everyone's like, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: He, he's such a legend, man. I've known him so that was um, uh, City University. I was doing my masters; he was doing his um, uh, undergraduate degree, and we connected straight out. And and that boy brings so much energy. Jesus, yeah, he's on fire every time. Right, life of the party,
0: life of the party, nothing but good yeah. vibes. More to come, more to come. Rich, thanks so much, man, for for taking the time out to talk to us. We're gonna have this out on your birthday, which means 24 hours, at least before everybody was listening to this, we've been frantically editing it and trying
2: to get the get,
0: trying to get it mastered. Um, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thank you,
2: man. Thank you for for hosting this. Like I I'm so grateful for it. I never really thought about it before, but when you mentioned, it, I was like, that'd be really nice to just talk about flashback and stuff. So uh, it's been such a ride and obviously the ride will continue. I can't wait to see you guys. I've really missed you guys because obviously you're just not here. Uh, love to the family as well yeah same i'm i'm really upset i didn't manage to, to be there for your 40th because of this stupid pandemic the way you represented my 40th, i really wanted to to re, you know, repay that favor man no, no, no there's,
0: there's there's no no such thing we just we just make it happen as soon as i land and you know what like sugar hill Gang are doing a festival there and fat man scooper doing a festival there beginning of august as soon as as soon as we can be over there we'll be over there and mm-hmm. Vic will share with you some dates as well. As soon as we end this, you know there might be a chance that you guys. Oh can please, come yes, yeah. Yeah.
2: Jesus. Hopefully,
0: much love, man. Flashback, love, soul, forever. Take it easy, man. <laughs> Happy birthday.
2: Thank you. All right, peace. Thanks, man.
0: All right, guys, that is it. A very sincere and dear conversation with our friend Ritesh Shah. A lot of highlights there, man. I really, I really loved so many different aspects of that. I was spending a lot of time focusing on the technical promoting and DJing stuff, and I really. It was so interesting for me to hear how his approach was so much more different. I kind of like revel in the moment and get an immediate eye from it. Ritesh is so authentic that he doesn't even hit him till afterwards. So that for me was really one of the highlights. And yeah, just what a good dude, man. Any any bits that stood out for you?
1: We've known him for 17 years and he's still
0: the same humble, genuine guy that we met 17 years ago. It was nice to hear your story about like how you needed to get into a headspace Mm. before you used to perform and then... Seeing him was that gave you that moment.
1: He he was actually a really big turning point for me in my DJing career. I was early when I heard him play. We were playing the same night as him, and just he he got me into a headspace and I was like, that's what I need to do before every single set. So as long as I'm in that headspace and he basically dictated that for me for basically every set that I've done, then I know I'd be good. And that's kind of thanks to him,
0: really. You should get a little penny engraved with his face on it and then just keep it like you know like Alcoholics Anonymous <laughs> yeah. every time you feel like oh, having a drink you pull the penny out and be like and it just has someone like do better you do idiot. better <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so so okay so that's it I hope you enjoyed it if you did uh, there's one way you can let us know which we'd super appreciate which is send us dms uh, at Rajkatecha on Instagram at Vic Majari on Instagram both tagged up in the show notes and of course leave us a five-star rating and review if you're listening on Apple If you're an Android user, between begging for change on the streets, please head over to Spotify and hit the follow button. Uh, Whichever app you're listening to when you listen to our podcast. Even if you can't leave a rating or review on there, there's probably a share button. Please share it. Pull up your WhatsApp. Hit at least five people up. Let them know. Raj show is out. It's incredible what you're getting from it and let us know too. And we'll talk to you in the next episode.